What is going on, everybody? It is John, Cameron, and Youper from Motor City Metrics. A little bit of a weird time today, right after the Tigers game. Youper texted me. We thought something special was going down today. Something special? I mean, something did what pretty special went down today. Every day with you is special, John. Oh, thank you. And we got Cameron. Cameron, is this the first time you've been on since the start of the season? Yeah, I believe so. All right. If, if you want, what is your quick thoughts on the Tigers' season so far? Everything's going as expected. We're, we're second worst offense in the league. Pitching staffs come back around. That That's looking like 2022. Oof. Yeah, that's a very, very succinct way to put it. There's a lot of similarities. No question about it. But you know what? Go ahead. I was going to say, it hasn't looked like 2022 as Eduardo Rodriguez. But yeah, what were you going to say, you? That was the fun today. And that's the up and down of baseball, right? We had something cooking there through 20 batters. That was a lot of fun. And that's where even a bad team can suck you in quick, right? And all of a sudden you're thinking, hey, you're going to see something. Maybe any who you are, you may never have seen on television before. Or someone like myself, I think I've only seen two. The perfect game was in play. He was pitching well enough to get it done. He wasn't getting in three ball counts again, just like he did against Cleveland last week. I only recall one three ball count, but I wasn't paying as close attention as last time on that. But he's really just working the strike zone really He's throwing with such ease. He looks so comfortable out there, even keeled. Uh, really was an impressive start from Eduardo Rodriguez. Two in a row now. He's looking like the guy they wanted when they signed him. Hopefully he can keep this going and, and uh, make himself a, an, an asset moving forward. But it was a lot of fun today. And then, of course, uh, we had the ending. <laughs> yeah. And that's my question is I kind of like to look at the bigger picture of things. And with him having such a good start to the season, but also being 30 years old, having that opt-out, has your kind of opinion on his future with the Tigers changed at all? Or what are you guys' thoughts? Is he still likely to not be on this team next year? or? Like, do you think it's worth keeping him around as a veteran? There's there's no way he stays. If his ERA is under five, he's going to go to free agency. And so I think probably probably quarter of the way through last year, I was like, okay, he's going he's going to be traded sometime, either this year or next year. And yeah, he, he's pitching lights out, and I think he's going to be traded. I've always thought he was going to be traded. There, There's always going to be a veteran pitcher that the Tigers could pick up to help a young rotation. And I think at this moment, Eduardo is a perfect candidate to get a haul for Scott Harris to get his first haul in the trade market. So, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. If he can continue pitching to this level or close to it, obviously, the last two starts, he's been phenomenal. If he regresses a little bit from that, no one's going to play you there. But if he keeps pitching well, let's say, nicely and competitive throughout the summer, the big hope the Tigers obviously need is to be able to generate from multiple teams. So there's a couple of bids out there for him. And teams jockeying for position to bring him on. Because if he's just a guy who's pitching mediocre and only one or two teams want him, the fact that he's a rental, if he opts out, it's going to be a tepid return. But if, if he's pitching to a relatively close to all-star level and three, four teams need a pitcher, and even better yet, one or two of them need someone who they'll give the ball to in a playoff game, then, yeah, they might be able to 
do something fairly attractive. I don't know, because I think my opinion on it has changed because I've looked at the free agency market for, for the upcoming class. It's really nothing special. And I think for the Tigers, obviously, Miggy's contract's coming off the books. Scope's contract, Matt Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, you're going to have to pay somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to need starters this free agency unless you know, someone takes a step forward or how much trust you have in Mize, Manning, and Scooble to stay healthy. At this point, he's, he's already been here. We don't know how much he likes being here, but why not pay him and keep him long-term to be that veteran? Who else are you going to pay? You have to have a respectable rotation next year, and unless there's another guy in free agency that you can really look at, I think you bring him back, and, and then maybe if he has another good year, maybe you look to trade him then, but I think they're going to need a veteran leader for this rotation for the years to come. So you in that scenario... You would have to either let him let him opt out and re-sign him, mm. which is, doesn't happen too often, but I guess it could happen. Or you'd have to preempt it with an extension. So are you willing to tack on, I don't even know, I'm not a GM, but two, two years? What would be enough to entice him to stay? If he opts out and, let's say, we want to re-sign him. He's making $17 million a year, so he has three years, $51 million left on the table. Would you be comfortable paying him three years, $60 million? He's only 30 years old right now. Oh, I, He's on a very reasonable contract. So, yeah, if you bump it up to $20 million a year, that's fine. But depends on how well he's pitching and what he's going to get. Now, like you said, what hurts the Tigers there is a lack of competition on the market. There's not, not that many other good pitchers out there, so he'll be able to command the top great if he keeps pitching i i i don't see him being here next year i, th I think he gets straight at the deadline and i think what school bowl should be back hopefully around the all-star break a little after all-star break and then we do there are some pitching prospects in the pipeline i'm adding had had a good start had a bad start wilmer flores had a better start today so there there is the calvary calvary coming hopefully yeah, I and I don't even know if we need a veteran starter like Erod. We do have Spencer Turnbull. I think yeah. does he have one year left till he hits free agency? Sounds right. So, yeah, um, yeah. I I just don't see a future with Eduardo with the Tigers. I he's going to pitch his way into a better situation. Yeah, I agree. Probably no future, but the present was pretty good today. A lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and when when we have a team that we all watch like this, we have to appreciate the good moments. And for seven innings, it was it was a really good time. He was just working ahead, strike one, strike two, so often. It was really something to watch. And if he can continue, it's going to be great. But then, of course, he had to come out. And let's talk about Akil Badu's arm. What, what, what are some things that are weaker than Akil Badu's arm? I'm not sure. <laughs> we come up with much of a list. He didn't even hit the right cutoff man either. He should have the one he did. Yeah. And yeah. And I would put I will put Veerling in left field in Baltimore. It's just there's so much more space over there. I guess Badu does have some range, but that wasn't even testing his arm. And that was like on the that was in front of where the bat boy sits. Yeah. And he couldn't even make it to the to third base. Well, Just, Craig Monroe, I think Craig Monroe, he, he, he kind of described extremely well that he took a poor route to, to gather himself for a good throw. He came in there and he 
It was almost like he was, he looked like a third baseman stopping a ball hit right at him. But instead of coming in on an angle and getting ready to, to throw one, not seem to throw everything off. I put out a tweet. It would be wonderful if we could make them magically make them all the same age and have a throwing contest between Akil Badu, Delman Young, Rondell White, Johnny Damon, and Kristen Stewart. I would pay to watch it. I would pay to watch it. Not that I wouldn't pay much, but I'd pay a little to see that. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the yeah, the throw is what it is, but at the end of the day, you're not going to win many games scoring one run, especially against the Baltimore Orioles lineup, which we think is one of the better ones in baseball. If you guys want to talk about the offense, that was initially what this was going to be about was the offensive struggles, and they're still obviously there. Obviously, there was a, a bright spot in Erod. But, yeah, for this offense, Zach McKinstry right now is looking like our, our best hitter. I believe. End yeah. of the show right there. It fills it all. <laughs> yeah, what are you guys seeing? What are you guys' thoughts? Are you that surprised? I I thought they wouldn't be good. I didn't expect them to be getting shut out against Kyle Gibson. I don't know. What are you guys seeing there? Go ahead, Cam. Yeah, TigerDog underscore one, someone, some Tiger fan I follow on Twitter, tweeted 2022 Tigers average 3.43 runs per game, their lowest since 1906, the dead ball era. 2023 Tigers are averaging three runs per game through their first 20 games. And so li- right now, this offense is scoring less runs than last year's offense. And I don't think I'll say that way, but geez, is it, it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, they're just, uh, there's nobody in the lineup right now. I say, wow, that's a threat. It is, uh, the opposing manager isn't too often managing three steps ahead to make sure they avoid someone. Those are pretty much take down whoever the Tigers send up there is fine. Last year when they were struggling, as a making fun of the uh, Tigers, the Big Red Machine was obviously one of the greatest baseball teams ever in Cincinnati, the 70s. I started calling the Tigers the two-run machine. And this week, yeah, this weekend, <laughs> they couldn't even live up to that. They were the one-run machine. Yeah, it's, it's not pretty. Even like Torkelson... Scorched a line drive with the bases loaded. Someone makes a, a B-plus level catch. They could have got a break there. Last night, McKinstry probably was a 3-0 pitch with the bases loaded. Pitcher threw a, it was probably ball four, but the umpire gave him the old automatic because on 3-0, that's what a lot of umpires do. He ends up scorching a line drive for an out, cost him another run. So when it's going bad and you're not talented, you don't even get breaks either, it seems like. That's just how these things rule. And it's it's a very, very ugly offense. And again, we, we've talked about it before, and might as well bring it up again. The Illich-Harris regime there saw they had a historically bad offense last year, and they did nothing. They brought no one of substance in to fix the offense. And we could talk about Veerling and Maton, but there was nothing in their background other than hope that they were going to help turn this around. And so far they haven't, they've had their moments, but I'm not saying they're bad players, but they weren't something we're going to count on fixing things with. Yeah. Just trying to look at some positives. I mean, Scope finally got a start today. I feel like he he's very rarely been in the lineup. He did have a couple of hard hit balls today that, and didn't get rewarded. Jake Rogers had two walks again. He's been a bright spot. Nick, Nick Maton is just, has been so up and down. He's obviously had the three home runs, but it's just, striking out at a very high rate. And then Riley Green, to me, 
has probably been the most disappointing player, I'd say, on the Tigers so far. Three strikeouts again today. Did have a hit. I, I don't know. What are we seeing from Riley Green? I, I, I would say if we had to pick out one player on in this offense that we thought was going to be the leader of it and, and be that hitter that, that pitchers feared, that certainly hasn't been him for the majority of this season. And I, I don't know. What have you guys seen from him? So we knew Green was always going to be a swing and miss guy. Even in the minors, he was mid 20% strikeout percentage. He's close to 40% right now. And when he is putting the ball in play, most of the time it's on the ground. Yeah, I I don't analyze swings, but there's some adjustment that needs to be made because anything down and away with any type of movement, he's, he's swinging right through it. I agree. I'm not a bad, I'm not a hitting coach either, but just as someone who's watched a lot of baseball over the years and been on a lot of ball fields, his swing looks a little long to me. I never see a swing from Riley Green and I think, wow, he that back came through like lightning. Okay. I I don't ever recall thinking that with him. So he he needs to when he does make good contact, it seems like he, he's guessed right. He started early and he got the bat in position with that long swing. That's something you gotta hope. That he can work on, and then the coaches, coaching staff is, is aware of. If I'm right, touching on Jake Rogers real quick too. He is leading the team in WRC plus right now. I don't think he technically qualifies; doesn't have enough plate appearances, but he does lead the team in WRC plus. And then the Jonathan Scope swings today really promising. Line out 107, 107 off the bat, straight to Cedric Mullins, ground out. Straight to, I think, get third baseman, 107 off the bat. And then another line out, 102. All of those above X, XBA, above 500. So he, he could have easily had three hits today. Torkelson with the opposite field blooper. I think that had an XBA of 600, but yeah. they played him perfectly. So Tigers left them stranded. So I think today could have had some different outcomes if, if things broke their way a little bit more. Some of the swings were good, but uh, you you can't give the team the benefit of the doubt when they've been struggling this much. Yeah, yeah. And if we look, we looked at positives, but realistically, what kind of changes could they make? I know there's a guy in particular that's been getting a lot of hype that we wanted to talk about. But is there any real help on the way? Is there anyone you guys can identify in the minors that you think can realistically help this team, or do you guys think we're gonna have to stick it out with the group that we have? Just remember, they're only, what, 20 games in? Yeah, 20. There, there's something to be said about patience. It's a long season. Things will change. Some guys will perk up. Others won't. So I'm sure they're going to see give people some rope. Uh, also, because the team's expectations aren't very high. They, they'll never admit to that. But obviously, this team's expectations aren't very high. So how does, how does that motivate them to make changes? Now, Justin Henry Malloy is on fire. No question about it. It's going to be an interesting look, the Scott Harris MO of how he sees things. Does he want to promote and reward excellent performance? Or does he want to let the guy alone and let him develop longer and make sure? We're going to find out. Malloy may just hit his way to Detroit. Team players do that. So far, he is. How long will he have to sustain it in Detroit's eyes to put him in the majors? 
That's the question. Yeah. So before spring training started, I think at the start of spring training, Scott Harris said he wants to play competitive baseball for as long as possible, knowing, okay, we're probably not going to be in contention that long, but I want to put the best team on the field. Even after what four game losing streak tigers are only four back of minnesota for first so if scott harris is serious about having the most competitive team on the field for as long as possible through the season i think he'll make some moves to get jay hen on the roster tyler nevin hasn't shown that much in what the 25 plate appearances he's had nevin will probably go back down and justin henry malloy is getting a lot of praise he deserves it ops of 1200 now Zach Short, I think, is getting underlooked in this conversation. <laughs> uh, Zach, I compared him to Tyler Nevin on the Tigers Detroit Tigers subreddit today. Zach Short gets on base more than Tyler Nevin, higher walk percentage. And Tyler Nevin, I believe, only has three major league career home runs. You want to know who has more major league career home runs than Tyler Nevin? Zach Short. And right now he's tearing it up in AAA. And we know AAA numbers don't correlate to MLB. But again, if Scott Harris cares about fielding a competitive baseball team, he'll give Zach Short the plate appearances. And Zach Short's somehow made it through this whole time. Didn't get cut when during the start of the offseason. Made it through spring training, still on the 40-man. Tearing it up in AAA, still on the 40-man. So I think we may see Zach Short in the majors pretty soon here. We're just going to see that deadly keystone combo of McKinstry and Short, second and second and Short. Oh, is yeah. that the new Harold Castro duo? The new Tinkers to Evers to Chance. <laughs> Short to McKinstry to Torkelson. That's, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But you're right. I completely agree with that, Cam, 100%. Also, Ryan Kreidler has had a few good days when he's gone back to Toledo here. Does that mean anything to bring him back? Who knows? We'll have to see. But yeah, how long will they can let this struggle continue? How long will they be posting one run a game and decide, hey, we got, we have to pull the trigger on some moves? It's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, because I think that could be the frustrating part. Like Cam said, they're only four games back of Minnesota. The Central right now is looking even worse than last year. The Guardians haven't been able to hit. The White Sox, we might touch on them in a bit. They've looked like a mess. They've looked worse than the Tigers, at least record-wise. And Minnesota got off to a strong start, but has fallen back to 500. So the opportunity is there for them to at least somewhat compete in this division. We saw the five-game win streak, and even though they got swept, they lost two, two out of these three games by one run. Their pitching competed against a very good Baltimore Orioles lineup. And at this point... Like, what does Hen have to do to, to deserve the call-up? He's absolutely raking. Does he have to do it for another month, another two months? That's a question we have. But I think the reason he's getting so much attention right now is because, yeah, guys like Zach Short and Ryan Credler, yeah, they're hitting well in Toledo. But I think a lot of fans are skeptical if that's going to translate to the majors. I think Malloy is just that guy, not like the savior in a way, but he's like <laughs> the, the new kid on the block. Everyone wants to see him and wants him to get playing time. But I don't know how much of a difference could he even realistically make because he didn't have the greatest spring training either. So it's maybe it's we're better off just keeping him in Toledo until we know he's 100% ready. As I mentioned earlier, that's going to be a good read on what Scott Harris, how he believes in, in cultivating his prospects and his young players. Can Malloy 
mash his way to Detroit in the short term, or does he need to show some sustained success? We're not going to know. We can guess, but nobody knows. Scott Harrison never run his own show before. Uh, he was not in charge in San Francisco. He was second in command. So this is on him now. So what the way this works this summer will be our first look at uh, how he wants to roll with these kind of decisions. Yeah. And just to, on the White Sox real quick, they did lose again to the Rays. Rays are 19 and three, by the way. They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we didn't get to touch on the White Sox on, on the last pod. If you guys want to touch on them right now, they're seven and 15. I, I pose this question to Youper. Can the Tigers realistically be the third best team in this division? I know that's not exactly saying a whole lot, but in terms of like Tigers and White Sox talk, if you want to get into that, like what are you seeing from the White Sox? Do you think they're a team that could potentially sell at the deadline? Because they've had an absolutely dreadful start to their season. Yeah, somewhere Tony La Russa is nursing a cocktail saying, hey, I guess it wasn't all me. Yeah, it's really surprising. They have a talented roster on paper, but it just doesn't come together. When you look at their starting rotation and you look at some of the power bats that they have, you think, man, that's a good ball club. But somehow the pieces just don't fit. So you have to wonder if a shakeup is coming. Their general manager, Rick Hahn, how many shakeups does he get? I mean, they'd be on, if that happens, they'd be on like rebuild number four with him. He, I mean, that's Rasputin like there. That's amazing. Yeah, their big problem right now, some injuries in the lineup, but they have an on-base percentage problem, I think. They're playing some guys with some kind of ratty on-base percentages. And when you look at the Tigers lineup, we know how that feels. I think yeah, I think it's just going to come down to who beats who within the division. The Tigers are on a good start, taking two of three from Cleveland. If they can take two or three from the White Sox, and they're looking pretty good. I mean, it, it's a central division. Up until last year, it wasn't until, what, mid-August that Cleveland ran away with it. That's true. Who knows what happens? And that's why I'll repeat that if Scott Harris cares about fielding a competitive team for as long as possible, he'll make the decisions to put the Tigers in the best chance to win the division. And Yeah, because that's the frustrating part, too, is like the opportunity is there. The pitching has been a lot better. The bullpen, even though they did struggle today a little bit, they've been a lot better as of late. Tigers right now are 23rd in baseball with a 4.85 ERA, which is nothing special, but it has dropped, I believe, a full run in the last week or so. But yeah, I, I don't know what lies ahead, but if we want to just get to the next series against the Brewers, this schedule, I feel like, to be fair, has been pretty, pretty rough. It seems like they're playing a good team every single series. It, Except maybe the Giants, you can debate how good they're going to be this year. But now they're heading to Milwaukee to play the Brewers, who have had one of the hottest starts in baseball, sitting at the top of the National League Central. What are you guys' kind of expectations for this series? No Cor Corbin Burns, no Brandon Woodruff. Do we Are we expecting more of the same? Or can we, we got Freddie Peralta game three. That's going to be a tough matchup. What are you guys looking forward to in this series with Milwaukee? If you told me at the start of the year, we all saw the schedule at the start of the year, I thought Milwaukee was going to be like, okay, one of the easier teams in these first two months. No, they're the best team in the National League. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to really get to see if our pitching can hold up because our pitching's allowed a lot of home runs. Milwaukee's 
hit a lot of home runs. Yes. So it should be a it should be an interesting matchup. I think I think if Tiger starters can limit home run limit the home runs in the series, they'll they'll have they'll have a chance just like they have the past three series. Matthew Boyd just covered his head with a blanket when he heard you say that. I have to limit home runs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think, so, yeah, I think most of their home run hitters are lefties, at least. That's oh. true. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good series. I, I wait. It's close enough. I could have driven to that one. I wish it was had been a weekend series. I like that ballpark, so it's fun to watch games in there. I think they got Colin Ray pitching in the first one. He's had some decent starts for them. So, you know, it's all going to come down. Can the Tigers generate a modicum of offense? Can they put four runs on the board? Really go nuts and, and put a four spot on and see if they can hang on and win a game with four. We'll see. Yeah, they're they're in the middle of a tough stretch of games with a lot of good teams on the schedule. They need to win a series here and there just to keep things afloat. Obviously, they're coming off the sweep. So it'd be really great if they could get that first one tomorrow, whether they win game two or three or not. If they could get tomorrow and know a sweep is not on, on, on the docket, that might give them a better shot with the next two. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe the good news because we did talk about this before the season started. If the Tigers would win ten games before they win, before they lose twenty games, I think they're gonna get there. I'm fairly confident in that. I don't know about you guys. Were we seven and thirteen? Yeah, they. I think they could do it. Three and they have to go at three and six, three and seven. Three and six would be ten and nineteen. That that would make your goal there. Yes. Sure, they can do that. If they they could scratch out two against the Brewers, and I'd say for sure. But even if they get one, then they got a good chance. (laughs) And then after this series, Baltimore is coming to Detroit. So I think, yeah, I think three and six is. It's sad that we're debating (laughs) on if three and six is good enough. I know they can do it. Yeah, yeah, I think for this series, a lot of offensive players are fighting for their roster spot. I think. I don't know how much leash Maton gets. He's on the 40. It'll, but they have to pay scope. They don't have Maton, I believe, still has options. And and then Nevin, I think he's he'll get to probably at least one start. He's fighting for his roster spot. And I think this series will tell us a lot going back back home to Detroit. And we'll see. I want to say there's going to be roster moves. Who knows? I could just be dreaming of roster moves when they get back to Detroit. But I think I think that's the case. I think a lot of hitters are fighting for their roster spot right now. Yeah. And yeah, and I saw in the comments. So they got three with Milwaukee, four with Baltimore, then I believe three with the Mets, and then they play the Cardinals. So yeah, man, it's been a rough rough start. But I I I'm predicting that April will be their worst month. I think. Record-wise, that's my prediction for this season. You guys can hold me against it. Hopefully when the weather warms up, the bats, so the ball starts to travel, the bats get a little heated up as well. We'll see. Also then, attrition starts around the league with pitching. Pitchers will drop out as the season wears on. So I'm trying to find reasons why the offense could perk up. I don't know if those are very <laughs> strong reasons, but those are the ones that pop to mind. I, I do want... Tigers take two or three from the Brewers because I want to see a world where Pittsburgh is in first place in the Central. I think the AL Central gets a lot of crap, but the NL Central is just as bad. Okay, and I think a first first place Pirates team would be awesome for baseball. That would be fun. Yeah, you're right. When the when the 
especially when the Cardinals are a little bit down, that's not a great division. No question about it. When the Cardinals are good, okay, fine. And they're pretty good, but they're, they're not quite the powerhouse they were. Yeah. Was a bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, April, I feel like the tight yeah, last couple of years, April's been rough for the Tigers. But yeah, I guess if you guys want to end it just with some MLB talk, you guys just want to like give your thoughts on what's been the biggest like surprise for the season, obviously every year. That's what makes the sport so enjoy enjoying enjoying. What makes the sport so great is you see these players or these teams come out of nowhere. Is there anybody or any team that's stood out to you that has really caught your attention? I'll go first because yeah. my standout is James Outman. Going into the year, I'm like, what are the Dodgers doing? Trace Thompson's going to be their starting center fielder. To be fair, he had that three home run game. But come on, Dodgers, you, you guys are a better organization than that. They had James Outman tucked away. The dude has a 1100 OPS in his first, what, 75 at bats? Absolutely raking. Love to see it. I drafted him in my fan on my fantasy baseball team. For fun, I put $5 on him to win rookie of the year at plus 4,000. Looking pretty good so far. Love it. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> For me, not a surprise so much, but just something I've been enjoying watching is Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. I think his on base isn't that high yet. It's like know, 302 or something, but everything else is there. You can just see it. He's got the power. He's got the insane speed. Oh, did you just go? Sorry? Oh, we're good. Oh. Uh, he's the guy to me has that short, quick, aggressive swing that I wish Riley Green had. That bat comes firing through the strike zone. And you just think that he's going to hit the ball hard somewhere when he does hit it. I've been watching a lot of Corbin Carroll. I, I'm buying Corbin Carroll stock, no question. And my other thing is the Texas Rangers have actually been pretty sporty little team this year. They're, they're playing a lot better than I thought. That's interesting. I think Baltimore has been, they're 14-7 and seven right now. They've won six in a row. I don't know how realistic it is for them to be like a high 80s, low 90s win team. But their pitching certainly been better than expected. Obviously, Adley Rushman looks like a star. They've been a fun little story as well. And then the Pirates, which I, I like the Pirates. But at the end of the day, when you have Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana as your number three and four hitters, they've been a fun story. I don't really know if I think the Pirates are going to be able to stick at the top of the NL Central. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, they won't stick up there, most <laughs> likely, but it's it's been a fun first month. I It's the type of first month I wish the Tigers had. Yes. But yeah, I think that's going to be all for us today. Just a quick little 35-minute pod. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And yes, make sure to check us out back here on Thursday with Raj and Chris and the whole game. Thank you, Cameron, for stepping up. Hopefully we have more better stuff to talk about in the weeks to come. And uh, yeah, keep killing it on Twitter, as always. And from Uper, we don't know what happened to him, but we'll check in on him. Hopefully he's okay. <laughs> and we'll see you guys in the next one.